0: All right, man. Well, we're recording again, but now you have the later time zone. Yes, I have the higher ground, and I'm about to chop
1: all your limbs off.
0: Yeah, well... So in some ways things have changed, but in some ways they've stayed the same.
1: Man, it, things are things are as Shakespearean as ever. It's true. It's a classic first, to third, second act reversal. What is Revenge of the Sith based off of? It's based off of uh, Romeo and Juliet. What? Uh, which one's um, it based off?
0: On? It's based on. Uh, there's it's like an Othello situation. Othello.
1: Yeah, that's the one I never.
0: I never. A little bit of, there's a little bit of Richard the Third one. in there. I think. Yeah, you never played them. <laughs> yeah, I never played those. Yeah, I know you never played the histories.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I just but I was very aware of them. Griffin you know. was min,
0: Griffin was min-maxing comedy and
1: tragedy, and forgot all about the histories. For me, when I think of Othello, I'm like, it's kind of like Ark Survival, like that dinosaur game. I'm aware of it. I know it's out there, but I have some friends who got really into that game. Exactly. Yeah, people love Othello. Um, <laughs> it's true. So it's you true. Crazy about it. It's true. It's true. And um, Othello's under attack this Christmas.
0: It's true. People are really mad about a Moorish man in a Shakespeare play. Oh, man. Well, uh, last episode was a disaster.
1: Um, Just kidding. The guests were incredible. Incredible guests. They really they really they really drug you along.
0: Well, I mean, they did because, like, it just turned into this podcast of Rory and Alex talking about, like, what it means to make comics and what it's like being independent comics artists. It was and much was, better
1: than our was show. Like, this is
0: really interesting. I'll just let these guys talk about this. This is fascinating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you know what? I, I, it was perfect. You're like, I have no, no value add. So I'm disappearing. It's perfect. Yeah. I, I might've left. It, it was incredible.
0: Yeah. I went and took a big dump.
1: <laughs> and then and you know folks uh and then forgot to post the episode
0: <laughs> yeah it's true well no i did post it i just didn't upload it i hit save instead of upload i'll well that's okay all right well your honor <laughs> i don't
1: know uh I, I game boys is back different yeah. time zone um i'm excited to 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 be here to chat because you know uh we used to be you know we used to share a cubicle in los angeles yeah we used to have
0: to be in touch basically 24 yeah, 7 all the now time
1: now 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 i now i'm like don draper and i don't i don't think of you at all
0: yeah no i mean who would but with love <laughs> yeah it's, it's like the don <laughs> draper thing but the nice way <laughs> the, the nice way of uh, i don't give a shit don, don draper but nice yeah Yeah, that's sort of your brand <laughs> Mm hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, now, that you're, now
1: that you're big time. I'm 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 huge now. I'm towering over the city. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm out here in uh, the nation's capital. Uh, I moved uh, from Los Angeles and I'm, I'm here where I'm working for Kevin Spacey in his 2024 campaign. Uh <clears throat> It's crazy, you know. House of Cards. There's a huge fan base that's been unta- untapped for so long.
0: As an as an electoral demographic,
1: as a huge, diverse Netflix consuming binge culture audience, uh, I'm we're excited. I'm very excited. I'm excited um, about it.
0: It's it's an exciting. Change. Next time I go visit
1: my parents, we can all hang out. That's gonna be really cool. Yeah, he always he always says stuff like uh, a a, rab- a rabid dog, is, is what what it takes to eat a cat. Yeah, and he can, says something poetic like that.
0: Yeah, I'm Kevin Spacey, and my dad will get along well because they both tend to talk in confusing aphorisms. <laughs> so, like that'll be a great dinner, I think
1: man uh yeah so i'm i'm here in dc it's uh we're doing nighttime game boys i guess for now i don't know we haven't we gotta set a new schedule for this stuff um but yeah uh how's it going this is now gonna be the the one hour a week where we socialize so i'm Uh, not even talking to the audience yet
0: it's good man it's been i finally uh it's funny the the moment you left la wisecrack got to slow down just because of all of the holidays that are coming so we got like the yearly holiday slowdown so like you left and everything was super stressful but things have calmed down so now i've just been gaming crazy oh perfect great well that's good to hear from my perspective <laughs>
1: <laughs> um that's that's good it's yeah. a lot of gaming and i mean listen i've been gaming a lot too in my in my travel times you know i don't have any i don't know anyone in this town which
0: is perfect time to play a lot of video games it's true you gotta uh, join an improv theater uh softball team make some friends or just keep playing video games
1: yeah we'll think about it we'll think about it maybe i'll think-
0: we'll just keep playing video games you know who knows be pretty dark
1: to do improv to start an improv scene now
0: well i mean and- i imagine you could probably if you meet people get a jump on you know
1: yeah i could be doing headline improv
0: yeah be like it's starring Griffin, and everyone claps they don't I know who wear, you are, but you
1: know, I can wear a button down little flannel.
0: Yeah. Stick. People in DC love a
1: flannel. Um, yeah, no, but uh everything I mean, you know, everything's going good. Um, you know, I don't have any furniture in this place. All I have is like a mattress and a desk. Um I gotta but- say
0: one weird thing is you do have no furniture, but this does look not that different from the Twitch setup you had at your old place. <laughs> it's like what the camera is showing me looks pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. Um uh mean, style, I- got a
1: look. <laughs> I do have um, one one sort of ongoing narrative report that's gaming-related, though, about this move that um, is a tragedy that struck me, um, and that's that uh, the big TV broke on the way to D.C. No!
0: Are they going to the- reimburse you
1: for it? So, listen, <laughs> I am in... The fight of my life <laughs> with with FedEx right now, because from my perspective, they killed a member of my family.
0: Yeah, that TV cost a lot of money and was difficult to wrangle this and was impossible
1: to get to FedEx to ship. I mean, I, I should have never shipped it. I should have just tried to to sell it in L.A. But anyways, I ship it. I, I own open the box here in D.C. and the whole corner is bent in and the whole screen is shattered. Um, Devastated, I file a claim at FedEx, and FedEx comes back to me and they say, claim denied. And I'm like, excuse me, what, claim denied? And they say, well, um, because you don't have a receipt proving that you bought this TV, uh, there's no proof of ownership, so we can't reimburse you for a value. That's insane. Yeah. And I was like, no fucking way. And so I am now in a litigious battle where I have now I've brought the big guns. Okay, I pulled out I pulled out a secret drawer with a button and you know what I did, audience? I hit it and that button said Geek Squad. I called the motherfucking Geek Squad because... Yeah, what what, what I are you say?
0: Our our episode was postponed because of the arrival of this Geek Squad, and I was wondering why they were coming out. And I'm glad I'm glad to get this reveal on the show. Yeah, so
1: I, I basically I get the Geek Squad out here to do an evaluation of the TV to give me a statement of not like not repairable or whatever, and to prove a certain amount of value, so I can take those reports and bring them to FedEx and say, look, now you got to fucking pay me, and now I'm in that process. I'm in that waiting zone. Of being like, you guys. Now I brought I brought the receipts. Okay.
0: This um this weirdly reminds me of that time that I was going to work once and I was taking a rideshare, and the my rideshare driver ran a red light and got t boned and I got a concussion and a separated shoulder, um and then I spent like six months in a litigious dispute with the rideshare company Fasten. <laughs> Being like, look, I'm not going to sue you. You just have to pay my medical bills. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I could be suing you for quite a lot of money, I think. Mm. But I'm not going to do that because it seems hard. But you do have to pay my medical bills. And it took me, like, months of being an asshole. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that's like that's that that's like a physical
1: part of your of your body that was attacked. Uh, me, this, I, this was like a child that was killed. Um, right, your injury
0: is more spiritual and more emotional.
1: And, and and I swear to God, if they don't accept these supporting documents that I've just submitted, then I'm going to take one of their children. Um, one of the kids of Fed and X. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take someone's child. Uh. And I'm going to put some sort of mummy-like curse on on the family. Uh, So that's kind of where I'm at with the big TV. One big thing I did want to say, though, a big shout out to the Geek Squad. The Geek Squad was professional. They were timely. Multiple employees that I interacted with, with my weird-ass request, were, you know, they were confused, and then and then they they but they stuck with me, and they figured it out. And this guy that came over, he figured it out. He sent me the emails that I needed. And guess what, folks? They did it all for free. They didn't charge me a dime.
0: I God, was so, this so, episode brought to you by Geek Squad.
1: I this is this is the most incredible. I don't know if that's what they're supposed to do, but but I don't know if they just fell for my plight. And for for this for my moment, but they're like you know this is this is you've been wronged. Okay, hey, welcome to the, welcome to the East Coast, Griffin, where we treat people a little we're, different. We're doing this pro bono. You wouldn't charge the parents of the Sandy Hook, you know, to sue Alex Jones. Yeah, you would. You do that pro bono. Yeah, you just have the goodness of your heart. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. It's kind of my big, you know, it's gaming related in the sense that because I haven't, I've been living in this new place without a TV, which is psychically awful. It's terrible because I spend all day working on on this computer and then the only place I can enjoy anything is also here.
0: Yeah. And then, but luckily you've, luckily I get, I mean, sort of silver linings type, luckily, I mean. Playbook. Yeah. I'm pulling a page on the silver linings playbook. Um, your TV exploding coincided with the release of a Switch game that has stolen your heart. A hundred percent, and and you don't want to put a Switch game on this TV. <laughs>
1: uh, it'll look like shit.
0: Does it really look? <laughs> does it look like weird and stretched out?
1: Oh, you're talking. I was just talking about any Switch game. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> like, what I mean. I mean, any switch game on on that TV, yeah, 1080 times four, and then but this switch game in particular, yeah, this um, one has a,
0: this one this one has a tough time with the switch screen.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's um it's it's running at a solid 30 fps on the Nokia flip phone. Um, so yeah, um, I think uh, that ultimately is a moment where the TV was gone. But it was also this moment where I was like, God of War Ragnarok is getting really boring. Yeah. So I'm in this really weird moment where I, I thought I would be finished with Ragnarok at this point. But I didn't have the TV and I got to say, I wasn't exactly missing the game,
0: I gotta um, say,
1: which is a really strange feeling.
0: In line with that, last time we talked about Ragnarok in our DMs we were talking about how the story had no propulsion, but I was feeling okay about just sort of like going around doing stuff. But like, I also kind of lost that sauce like a couple days after we talked about it. Like the fact that the story is so much just like characters are waiting around for you to come back and talk to them. Like you leave to go do a thing and it's unclear what the thing you're doing, why it matters. You yeah. go home and someone's like, ah, now that you've done that, let's go do this. And no one else has any urgency or needs to do anything. It's just a secret series of waiting around. Even once you get to like, did you get to the part where you play like as Atreus, not the Angry boda part, but the next part after that? Sure. Um, can we do spoil? Can I can I do spoilies? Does that does that matter?
1: I I mean I don't really know where I'm at. I mean I know that you play as Atreus at one point. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe don't just but okay. is,
0: is it matter? It's I don't think it's that big a deal. I think you'll you're probably close to it, or you would be soon. But, but like, ba- does it matter for your review? Does it no, matter really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're basically, like, there's parts where Atreus has to do stuff and where Kratos has to do stuff. Uh-huh. Basically, no one else acts with any kind of urgency. Yeah, And, like, I was hoping that the second part where you play as Atreus, that, like, that would kick things into gear a little bit more. But even that mm-hmm. didn't do it. And that's about when I was like, you know what? Dark Tide's out now. Other stuff's out now. It's time to to move on for a little bit. And I'll come back to this later. Yeah, it's this weird thing where... It reminds
1: it, the God of War one and God of War two really remind me of like um, the relationship between Force Awakens and Last Jedi in the sense that they're like supposed to be working together but they just like sonically are very different and and that, I'm not saying the second one is like better in the way that Last Jedi is better but more in the fact that like God of War one barely really does anything but acts as a lot of setup for you to expect part two to really like knock your socks off and then it feels really lopsided in that like that i don't know god of war two just feels like inferior storytelling so god of war one doesn't really ever kick off fully and god of war two is even worse than that
0: yeah, I mean, I like the storytelling in Last Jedi, but obviously it's retrospectively kind of right. fucked up by Force Awakens. And maybe that's not the perfect example. Yeah, yeah but, no, a, but I, so, I see a very what you mean. Though, then, like, example. But I see what you mean. That, like, the first one was really a setupy y thing mm-hmm. where the thing you're looking for in the second one is, like, go buck wild and cash all that out. Mm-hmm. And the second one seems to be, like, just kicking the can on that. Like, in the, it's, it's frustrating because the second one starts out so hot in that respect. Like, God of War Two starts out very hot in this idea of, like, you're fucking you're on the dog sled you get home you talk to loki stuff's happening odin and thor show up like shit is going on like from the jump Mm -hmm. and then it pretty quickly descends into sort of like you go to this world you do a few things you go back a bunch of people are like hey you're back here's a new thing you gotta go do and those people don't seem like they have any inner lives that aren't just waiting for you to show up which makes it feel like there's no real propulsion to the plot which is also a thing with pokemon we'll talk about eventually but like it's it it doesn't really work like this is a thing um i i, I want to come back to this pokemon but like just briefly talk, touch on it like i like that there's a growing thing in games where the narrative of the game is the narrative that you impose upon the game and you're basically just kind of a guy doing stuff um and like elden ring does this and pokemon does this um and ragnarok is frustratingly kind of timed in that way and designed in that way but the story is not the story of just some guy in the world you're very clearly the guy dealing with a big problem that is happening imminently and the fact that there's no urgency to that really takes all the sauce out of a lot of the the fun exciting parts of that game
1: yeah and then i just a lot of the characters are very tiresome and seem to kind of like just i don't know just being they're just annoying i don't know so i don't like the characters and um yeah i just feel like i'm just i don't know I'm just it's just tiresome at this point and I want to I want to finish it just to kind of like see where they land Kratos's story because I'm attached to the character of Kratos. I've played multiple you know franchises with him at this point. I'm curious where they take the character. But yeah, I mean this is definitely not game of the year. Um and um I'm still I'm still searching for the one, I guess. I need to I need to like go up on a mountain and really uh dwell on it at this point. But um I mean, when when comparing Ragnarok to the joy that I'm feeling in a lot of other games I'm playing right now, I'm just having a lot more fun elsewhere. And that's not not a place I expected to be um in December.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean the fact that Persona 4, which is very Persona Five, which is which shares some traits with Persona 5 in the sense that like story beats happen and you have a lot of downtime to go do social links and stuff. Right. Like that rhythm of game design like that has felt more propulsive to me than God of War 2 to the degree that I finished Persona 4. And I that design is not a naturally propulsive framework either. Yeah. Um, But like that's felt a lot more compelling to me than than Ragnarok has. And to the degree that I finished that, like, you know, 100 hour JRPG um, and I have like 20 hours on Ragnarok. Yeah. Ragnarok is
1: like um a like a, a new smart appliance like a smart washer and dryer. It's like fancy, it's brand new, but like the settings get all weird on the on the monitor and and it's like sometimes you just kind of wanted like a normal washer and dryer.
0: Yeah. And it's like it's all (laughs) another degree to which that parallel is very true is that like when it's working, like when it's doing all the things it's supposed to do, which it's capable of doing, it fucking rips. Right. And you're like, oh, this is why I wanted to get the fucking mega Dyson wash dry combo smart machine. But then, like, then you try to like do a load of socks, and it's like impossible to get and the timer like, right. Oh, sorry,
1: the Bluetooth just dis- dis- disabled the entire thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And it really is that feeling because, like, every once in a while, we we'll get a set piece of fucking rules, mm-hmm. or a zone that's fucking really cool, or a ploppy that's like interesting, and you're like, oh hell yeah, things are moving now. And then it just like goes to a full stop again. And it's that really is a really good comparison because it really does have these like really high high points, but a lot of really just like boring droney low points.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, um, my current, you know, that was my old washer dryer, my current washer dryer in this unit, it's a combo and these combo ones, they're impressive, you Ooh, know, hell yeah! it's a washer and a dryer in one small little hole. Um, and I, <laughs> incredible. It's, it's pretty incredible what, what can happen out here on the East coast. Um, when you're living in the uh, heart of the empire, um, yeah. sort of, uh, where, where they get to press the button. If you know what I mean. Well, and not the, I'm talking about the Geek Squad button.
0: Yeah, that's the only button we talk about on this show.
1: Yeah, that, there's a, the president has a nuclear football that's uh, attached to the Geek Squad button. Um, and it's used a lot. So um, welcome to the show. Welcome back. We're here. Um, uh, we don't need to do an intro this time. It's too late. It's like, what, I mean, 50, it's 20 minutes in. Yeah, um, we kind
0: of half did one already, so...
1: What did you? want uh, There's a lot of games to talk about, a lot of things to talk about. Um, just checking in, real quick. Temperature check. Um, uh, as you know, I think you know, I, this is uh, as we speak here in the public square. It's always good to publicly say I um, I'm I, I'm supporting my my Jewish co-host here in this time. Um, and I'm Kanye wanted to come on the show this episode, and I said and, no.
0: Yeah. Griffin took the brave stance of saying Kanye it's a bad time
1: I just said what what value would come of this I said that's not love and then he said, he, yeah. he said, he said
0: that, uh, it's an audio medium no one will see your complicated visual puns
1: yeah and then he sent me the Skyrim logo with a swastika through it
0: <laughs> yeah uh, and so that's when we stopped talking to him <laughs> um, um, but yeah man but, it's been fucking crazy out here out, do you want to talk out about here. Kanye and Taibi really quick before we do games um
1: let's we don't we don't have to get super into it i just I, I i want i want just flavor
0: i mean the the kanye shit is definitely uh very silly and very yeah. weird also kind
1: of obviously like terrifying in some ways but like it seems like it's gonna burn out any second though right there's just like no way it can go on like this for like
0: at this you'd level think so? Right? you'd think so and like Hopefully society will normalize away from sort of the growing anti-Semitic trend. Um, but like, I'm just in awe of sort of like the scale of how weird he's being about it. Mm-hmm. Like I said this to you in our chat that like, I think I said this to you in our chat that like the Netanyahu thing was is insane. <laughs> it was, it was,
1: so it was like, it was like something that I would see on like on weird Twitter. I don't know.
0: Yeah. It was like, it was like, it was like if you were playing like a game. Like if you're playing like a, a weird like yeah, like a Twitter game where it was like so, recreating famous names as household objects. If you close and
1: your so, if you close your eyes, it really just sounds like Grand Theft Auto Radio. Like yeah. just crazy people.
0: Um Yeah. And it's like it's this weird thing where like you can tell that all these people he's talking to, all these other anti-Semite folks, have like at least like had someone talk to them about being like you can't just be a Nazi. Uh-huh. Like you, there's like sort of a game we're playing here right, that has right, like right. rules and parameters. And Kanye mm-hmm. is just like, no. Yeah. Like I'm gonna talk. I'm going to fully be like, I think Jews are bad. I'm a Nazi, and I'm no, gonna yeah. talk about it in extremely clear, in a extremely clear terms. And B, by mm. the like in the weirdest way
1: I can think it's, of. It's like the Key and Peel sketch where like uh, they're doing D and D, and they're trying to do it normal, but then one of the jordan's character is like i i I want some alizé i want and we go to the club (laughs) but for anti-semitism
0: yeah exactly (laughs) it's surreal um Uh, that's like anti-semitism is no joke and it's like a scary thing but it's this weird thing where like the scariest elements of it have already been around for a while so this isn't like particularly terrifying in that way mm -hmm. it's mostly just like wow the and like the anti-semitic infrastructure that already exists has no per, he is so anti Semitic and so committed to his particular flavor thereof that the pre existing anti Semitic infrastructure just doesn't even matter to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is bizarre. And then, you know, uh, it, th- the puppet itself.
1: Is it was there an anti-Semitic? I'm really into the puppet, and this is my last question. We'll move on for people who haven't who didn't see it. There was times where Kanye would on the Alex Jones interview would pull out a puppet, and he called the puppet Net and Yahoo, and it was a it was a fish net and a and a bottle of YooHoo, the chocolate milk. Uh, yeah, it wasn't exactly a puppet as so much as a weird, confusing visual pun. <laughs> it was a visual pun. Yeah, it was kind of a carrot top thing. You're right. Yeah, it was carrot it, it, top. It,
0: there's I, tr- I tried to think if there were any like connections beyond it sound like.
1: Yeah, because if, if it's just what it, if it's just that his name sounds like those two objects, then can I say that that's very funny to me?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It made me laugh. The, o- the only argue, the only thing I could think of, this is very stupid, the only connection I could think of between that and stuff and like Jews in general is that like lots of young Jewish people who keep mm-hmm. kosher drink Yuhu quite often because oh. it's a non-dairy chocolate drink. And I'm sure Kanye is very in tune with that. <laughs> yeah, <like> that, <laughs> right, that's the closest connection I could draw is that like when I was a kid and we'd go to Bagel City and I got a pastrami sandwich, like I would have to get a Yuhu to go with it uh, if I wanted a chocolate drink. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Kanye's coming for those kids first. Um, okay, uh, well, I just needed to check in on that. I did my due diligence as a um, as a as a as a you know non non-reli- non religious full practicing gamer.
0: Yeah, uh, you're now uh, officially an ally. Yeah, uh, you can stamp your card. Yep, every episode before this, I was an enemy. Uh,
1: so let's get into some games, because that's what the audience Should is. Should we knock out a quick ad? Oh, wow. Already? Incredible.
0: Well, if we're just switching from, you know, draw stuff to games. Let's do it. All right. Let's talk about games. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just saw
1: the, Elon Insta- uh, the Kanye uh, Instagram post.
0: Oh, no. Which, which one's this? Okay, let me let me
1: let me just. I'm I'm going da- to dump it to you right now, and
0: uh, oh my!
1: <laughs> he saw the Chinese Elon Musk memes. Whoa! Incredible. Let's Fo- not
0: forget about Obama.
1: Let's not, uh, folks. Instagram is a wonderful place, uh, and then of course someone posted a picture next to the Kanye Instagram post saying with uh, Woody in Kingdom Hearts next to Sora saying, hold up, let them cook. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Let's cook, let's talk. Oh wow, I I, I scrolled up in our DMs and I'm looking at 60 frames per second mod for Pokemon Scarlet. I think that's the perfect segue. Let's talk about some damn Pokemon.
0: Hell yeah, let's do it. Uh, You should start, because you've been playing this more than me. Okay, have you been playing at all?
1: Yeah. All right. Um, so Scarlet and Violet, Pokemon. I don't know. I I mean, listen, for the record, and Lux can attest to this, I did text him or message him probably two or three weeks before the games came out, and I said, I got a crazy feeling, and I can't explain it, but I think that these Pokemon games are going to be good.
0: And then you were like, holy shit, these performance glitches are too much. I hate these these Twitter videos. But then pretty quickly you came around to... No, I was right before. It's good. (laughs) Yep.
1: I was right. And, you know, I'll I'll have to say, you know, I'll I'll eat crow. My prediction system has been needing some tweaking on the show lately. But this is a a prediction that I just I really feel like I swished from the three point line on because, man, I'm really enjoying this game. And I think that all of the technical difficulty conversations, you know, they're right maybe on the facts, but they're wrong on the feelings. Um, Because ultimately, I feel like this is a cyberpunk situation again yes technically it maybe shouldn't have launched in this state but the underlying gameplay of this game is so strong that i'm still enjoying it this is a damn good pokemon game this is leagues better than legends arceus um and i can and i can see why now for so many ways that arceus didn't even get a color didn't deserve a color
0: Damn, yeah, it is. Uh, my friend Jason uh, just would describe it as uh, a good wireframe with a bad paint job, like mm-hmm. the the sort of these sort of like largely aesthetic questions of like frame rate and and like is technical. your is your friend exhibit? <laughs> I wish he's, str- he's like strong. It was like just a it, it
1: is. It was just a description like a pit in my ride kind of car. Yeah, no, it is breakdown. kind of a pit in my ride
0: type way of talking about it for sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he, he or the game, like, even though it doesn't like work in terms of everything operating the way it's supposed to all the time, mm-hmm. the game works as a game. Like, it's mm-hmm. so fun to play. Um, It really makes like it is a game where you're just kind of a guy wandering around the world, but it makes wandering fun. Stuff looks cool. There's guys everywhere. You can let your little guy out to run around and do stuff for you. So it doesn't feel quite as arduous you're a lot more involved with like Pokemon throwing the balls at stuff. You can avoid things if you want to, you can see them like there's-, there's,
1: there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of really good stuff about yeah. it. But the, 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 the big things are, is that it is, uh it has more of a Pokemon story, more of a Pokemon world, and the Pokemon themselves are amazing. This so, is a good set of Pokemon. And so I
0: agree with two out of three of those claims, and I have a mixed feelings about one of them. Okay. I think the Pokemon are great. I think the Poke World is great. I think this game doesn't really have a story. And I think I kind of like that about it. Mm-hmm. Um like well, I kind of I, I said it had a Pokemon story,
1: yeah. Which, which but, is which is they barely ever have much of a story.
0: Yeah, and this has even less than usual. And I think that was right to do. I think they were right to do that. Interesting. Um, because I was mad. You we can flash back to Sword and Shield. I was so upset with some storytelling in Sword and Shield. The stuff that happened along the lines of. But you haven't played uh, much of the game though, either. I yeah, but I've also talked to people who've played it. I've played on Forest File, where he's pretty far on it. Like I know. Once you get deep enough, some stuff happens that gives it a little more of a narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no like propulsive conflict running you through it. And earlier Pokemon games have had that, but more recent ones not only have not had that, but have almost had anti that, where like things are happening, but people are just telling you not to pay attention to them. Um, and I like that this game is just like, look, you're a guy in the world doing a Pokemon thing that many other people are doing um the only thing that's distinct about you is that you control this character which makes him special and like that you get to do extra things i think that is legend pokemon and then by the end some stuff maybe happens but like
1: i mean i think that's most traditional pokemon games and so i think for their first like real open world one it made sense to not try to overdo it too much in that category um but there is a very clear story in this game and the story is your mom is finally hot And she's being creeped on by the professor and they're in a secret relationship and you need to stop it.
0: Yeah, there is that. Um, That is in the text for sure.
1: It's in the subtext. Yes. Um, Uh, the, The characters are way better looking. They are way better voice performed. Um, the facial animations are far better. Um, this is like one of the best, uh, in terms of just like cutscene, like 3d things. It's still very primordial. It's still very basic, but comparing it to what they've done in the past. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the characters. I like your friend, Amona. I think that she's really iconic. I think that all of the different trainers that you meet have these gorgeous, iconic, uh, looks to them. So I think on, on those levels, the storytelling is really effective.
0: Yeah, it feels, I mean, that's why I was drawing the distinction between the story and the world. Like, that's all stuff that I think of as the world. I think the world is really great. Like, every town is fun. The trainers are fun. The people you meet are fun. Mm-hmm. And I like that there's not really a propulsive story at the front end of the game. I like that the game is sort of just like, you're a poke guy doing stuff. Like, a lot of them start out with like, hey, you're doing this errand for this professor who sends you to this town where you learn some secrets. And then there's like a bad gang. You deal with, and all those things are in this game, but they don't like pop up. Like as, one as much as they the, could, yeah. they don't pop up one driving to the other or anything. They're just stuff you can choose to engage with
1: whenever, and that's bec- and that's part of the nature of the open world setting. In some yeah. senses, is, is that you know, like I, I'll, like Team Rocket and all the Team Rocket iterations. in in games are usually used as like roadblocks like oh you have to defeat them to actually get through to the next town or whatever um and this doesn't really act like that i think ultimately there's a lot of ways where this game fails as an open world game and that's why i'm I'm saying it's like for me it's probably just on an enjoyment level with all of its broken shit and all this stuff like it's still like probably like a seven or eight out of ten for me um I thought it was going to be a three or four out of ten based on just how bad Pokemon's been lately. Um, But yeah, I mean, if the core gameplay is fun, I I really, really think that I can forgive a ton of stuff. I think it's great. You get the legendary right at the top and you get to just ride around on them and have like this relationship with them. I always, like, kind of found the legendary system in old Pokemon games to be kind of uh, odd because, you know, it's cool to catch the legendaries, but typically you catch them at the very end of the game and then you don't really play much with them. Um, It's much cooler for me to have my Pokemon I fight with and then my legendary Pokemon that I have a relationship with and in, like, a more meaningful way. Yeah, who you do eventually, I think, you probably eventually get to use. Maybe. Um, Yeah, maybe. Yeah, right now they're, like, two week or whatever i don't i don't know they got their own thing going on um but yeah i don't know uh what, what like what pokemon are you rocking with right now
0: um i've got what do i got i got quaxly as my starter
1: mm, okay and i went with the fire uh crocodile you, with,
0: you know with Fuecoco. yeah um i'm moving around i got a skidoo who's not from this generation as my grass type. Let's talk about some new generation oh, ones. So yeah, I, so we're, like the new generation ones, let's look at the new, Then let's look at the list. Let's see who I got from the list. Cause uh, I,
1: I like um, Gimme Ghoul, is this like a little ghost that's in a treasure chest. Um, yes, yeah, so I like Gimme Ghoul a lot. He's, re- he's really cute. He's completely like, he's like a Magikarp. He's so fucking weak. Uh, I keep on trying to use him in battle, but he's pretty worthless. Um, but Gimme Ghoul actually has a really unique property where the only way to evolve him to his final form are to find all of these Gimme Ghoul coins around the world. So they're kind of like the Korok seeds of this Pokemon open world, just but they're just like a lot more generic and not as well hidden. Um, but I thought that was like just a fun, like new open world kind of genre of Pokemon.
0: Yeah, that guy was fun, especially like you said, because of like the mechanical elements of it. Um, I really have liked a lot of the weird animals. Like I like that they finally have a spider, a cool spider. Yeah, they have a good spider. They just have like a great a co- pig yeah the pig is great lechonk is awesome Mm -hmm. uh the ant that becomes like a weird dung beetle type guy or like the weird dung beetle type guy is very cool
1: Mm -hmm. yeah there's Um, just like a
0: lot of like you know a lot at
1: the at the end of the day it's like if they deliver on some of the core stuff if the guys are cute then like i'm kind of happy oh yeah
0: and i forgot the the raccoon who's a car Yeah.
1: Um, So, yeah, it's like I think there's frustrations and I think we should probably mention some of those now to be a little, you know, like I guess my main big one is I think that despite the open world setting of you can you can kind of tackle any of the gyms at any point, it's not handled well um, because it's technically open world, but. You have to do them in a very kind of specific order, or you're going to get your butt kicked. And it's kind of hard to tell the level of trainers um, or um, I don't know gyms in certain areas until you're like knee deep in the cutscenes of them or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think the game needed more guidance, um, at least a little bit
0: more to lead yeah, you through areas because you'd think that it, trainers would be good sidepost signposts for that. Mm -hmm. but it happened a couple of times to me where i was wandering around i'd fight a trainer who was like my level and then i'd walk into the next zone right next to them and then i'd be like oh shit this pokemon's level 38
1: yeah like i'm
0: rocked and you'd think that it would be like the the last trainer before the area you're about to enter should be close to that area's level or something and they give you a sense of stuff like that. And one thing that um, all, almost all the Pokemon games are always
1: done about really intricately setting trainers in certain areas to like see you and kind of trap you into battles and stuff. And, and then in this one, they, they don't stop you at all. You literally have to go up to them and talk to them and like to even be like, oh, have I talked to you yet? Like, I forget if I even battled you or not. Um, and I don't like that it's gone so far the other direction because the, the way the trainers are, are dropped feel very sparse on the map. And oftentimes I run through a zone and I only find one or two of them. And, and they, they feel more like you have to go find where they're hidden rather than like get past them. And I think we've lost something there. Um, and I think that uh, that's like a that's a big complaint. mine.
0: Yeah, I think so, because some of the fun, some of the best like Pokemon stuff is that cool geographic level design stuff. Um, And that's definitely missing. And like like you said, it's just frustrating because it is open world to this degree where you can go wherever, but things are leveled so unevenly and so not clearly flagged that like if you go left from someplace instead of right, you'll like end up at a place that's totally wrong. And then have to like backtrack or, or fast travel out of there.
1: Yeah. Like what of Warcraft does a really great job with separating their zones. And they do it by literally having like a distinct non-natural color change. It's like, Oh, Westfall is light and there's sunlight and it's nice and brown and farmy. And then Duskwood, you cross over and it's like purple and black. And like, they don't, they, they like, they purposely make that like zoom, Zone visual distinction so it would be impossible to mistake it as like the next area um so yeah there's there's stuff like that where it's like you know a lot of the a lot of the open world qualities of the game make it um more frustrating and or, or not as good as, as previous games but seem still more like areas that they could like improve on and add a new element to Cause there's a lot of cool stuff here. Um, I think they're going to keep updating the game and making it a little bit more functional. Um, I'm excited to keep just playing it.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's a pretty, like, I think it gets right so much of what makes Pokemon fun that. And like, this is, this is what I meant when I was comparing it to like with the Elden Ring God of War stuff for, is that like, because you're just a guy in the world, you get to impose your own little story on it, which is basically we have to do with Pokemon anyway. Cause the stories are so flat. Um, so like, you're already going to be doing that. So just lean into that. And they just made Pokemon fighting really fun, made Pokemon catching really fun, gave every gym some flavor. And I think the open world could use some tweaking. I think the guidance is pretty bad. Like you said, I think obviously there's like the glitches and stuff. Um, but I think that, you know, this, this is a game that kind of understands the people who play Pokemon for the most part, aren't kids who need to be handheld directly through everything, but are rather like weird teens to adults who like, like to do weird video game homework.
1: Yeah. They're millennials working at the Pentagon. Yeah. That's what that's, that's the core audience at this point. Yeah. uh, Another really big thing that I think was such a improvement over Arceus is the way that you interact with the Pokemon in the open world, because Arceus was all about catching 3000 Pidgeys, like to like unlock the, the final Pidgey Pokedex form. And that's all gone in this one. You just have to catch the Pokemon once. And then on top of that, you have this amazing auto battle system and you can throw out Pokemon to just sort of auto battle and fight other Pokemon in the world as sort of a quick way to kind of like fast forward through battles to make, Leveling up your like alt Pokemon less grindy. It's a really elegant solution because, you know, you want to experiment with lots of other characters. You but you don't want to do the the grindy aspect of it. Um, but like, how do you solve that problem? Because you want you want to make it some effort. So this is like that kind of like perfect middle zone um, where I'm actually going to probably. Try to complete a lot of this Pokedex now because it's pretty easy to like auto battle level up Pokemon.
0: Yeah, it's it's nice that way. Like you don't have to you can sort of traipse through an area and just passively gain XP in a way that means you don't have to commit a bunch of your time to fight after fight after fight after fight with the same three types of Pokemon or whatever.
1: Yeah, and you get to throw the Pokemon out into the real world and see it walk around and run around with you, and there's something fun and engaging about that. So I love that. And then I I also just really like the fact that – like. You know, you just catch the Pokemon once because at the end of the day, it's like you want to catch one of each. You don't want to catch six thousand of each, which is what Arceus was demanding you to do, and ultimately just felt like a really boring grind. And like, you know, and also like water down the value of Pokemon. It's just kind of like a fucking. You're just turning into like a giant like factory farm at that point. It's like oh, yeah, I catch one; they're meaningful. That's my Pidgey or whatever. You know, like yeah, um, and so. I really like the balance of that in this game. Um, and yeah, just another reason why I think it's better than Arceus.
0: It's also just fun to, like, yeah, there's like a real joy in watching your little guy go off and just beat up a bunch of little doodads. Yeah. Like just throwing out my little Quaxley and watching him just like kick the shirt. I guess whatever Quaxley falls into. I don't know. I call him uh, Swoop Slurpo or Slurp Swoopo. So I don't know. Oh, I <laughs> I, n- I
1: never give them nicknames because I, I want to like remember their original names. So when people like talk about them, I'm not like, what?
0: <laughs> oh, see, I do the, I do the opposite. Although that makes a lot of sense because I always get confused by the names. But I like to name them yeah. so they all have fun vibes. Yeah, I did that as a
1: kid, but as I went on, I was like, well, I just can't remember like their actual names now that there's like nine thousand of them.
0: Mm, that makes sense. Well, i am right. too
1: deep in the hole? Yeah, you're too deep, deep, you're I'll, too deep in the slurpo. I'll,
0: yeah, I'll throw <laughs> but I'll throw slurps out and just have him like it's so gratifying to watch him like kick the shit out of like seven like little tarantula guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so there's something about that that's that's uh, that is just really great. There's a lot of great ideas here. It does actually legitimately feel like a good roadmap for something to be built on to be much better. So, yeah, ultimately, I'm giving this one two thumbs up. Uh, definitely a fun purchase, a great purchase for the Switch, and not technically as bad as a lot of other Switch games that I play.
0: Yeah. No, I think it holds up pretty good. Um, no. So... Here is a thing on my end. Have you played Dark Tide at all?
1: No, but I'm seeing a lot of people post about it.
0: It is f- a fucking blast, dude. All right, we'll play. It is so fucking fun. We'll play. Uh, I'm just so, so fucking on- broke. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I've been playing. Hey, but not for long, baby. That's true. Once those, once those checks come in, what, big boy. Once I
1: sue FedEx.
0: Yeah, and we get once you get the those FedEx once you pull your slip and Jimmy on FedEx once I tell Kevin Spacey
1: about FedEx,
0: um. But yeah, so it's just a Warhammer 40k group shooter game. Um, it's still in beta for no. I guess it's actually officially out as of a couple of days ago. It kind of looks like um, a, it's like Left for Dead or whatever. Yeah, well, it's like Vermintide, the Warhammer regular version. Yeah, but it's 40k. But it's just like it's got a lot more. Like texture of that mm-hmm. world. Like it's a lot better than Vermintide was about kind of putting you into that universe and like, you know, giving things names and giving things meaning and like playing out sort of like a mythology. Nice. Um, And it's really fun. And it's in on the 40K joke where it like understands that like it's a bad it's bad to run a government where people say things like uh, knowledge is the first step towards heresy or whatever. Um or like mercy is a sign of weakness and it's so like it's in on the bit and like how shitty everything is, mm-hmm. which is which is nice because I think that's always the big thing with Warhammer 40k stuff is sometimes it's people are like it's cool that things are like this in that setting and it's like, no, the whole bit is that it's very bad actually. but when games understand that it's very bad, actually it's very fun
1: that's uh that's good that they're striking a tone. How much is this gonna cost, huh? Um, $40, I think. Oh, that's not a 40K, $40. Sure, you know, it's, yeah. it's like Arizona iced tea.
0: Yeah, I got two of those right here,
1: baby. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I've never gotten into this universe before, but I do see a lot of people posting about it. And, uh, listen, if this is an online shooter that you actually want to play, I'm down.
0: It's super fucking fun. Well, the fun thing is, you just get a little squad together. And you just go fucking kill a bunch of guys. And I like that it has it's very melee heavy, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, like it's a shooter where I d do, I don't carry a gun. Like I have a big sword and a magical staff, mm-hmm. and I cast spells and I cut dudes in half. Damn. And it's a fucking blast. That's like
1: that's also another great reason why you'd you know, why Overwatch 2 is probably the only other game we could play because a lot of melee characters. Yeah. <laughs> um a oh, cool it's,
0: uh, so it's a really cool little game. Who, who are you it runs on Steam with? Deck. I've been playing with the homies Zeke, Kyle, Damon, Brian. And is it just like a fucking wave after
1: wave until you die?
0: No, you're going through an area. So there's mad waves, but each wave is located is like part of like a mission you're doing. So like sometimes you have to like move the like I did one with Hunter and Frankie where we had to like move the cryon rods mm. and and, act, and activate the lift matrix.
1: Mm. Um,
0: and, like, I've done other ones where it's, like, you have to get the – you have to, like, sneak into this train station and kill this boss. mm mm-hmm. um, So there's, like, variants in levels. And there is, there is like – there always are going to be big swarms of bad guys and, like, waves like that. Like, that's just part of the model. Yeah. But the levels aren't always – like, A, it's fun because the levels are all a little different than each other. B, each time you redo a level, they put the hordes in different spots so the timing's not always identical. Like, the hordes emerge at different locations. There's, like, several horde potential spots that you could run into one. Hmm. But they're like they mix up which ones they use each time that you run it, um, so you do do a lot of horde fighting. But it's not like you're just standing in one place like defending something or something like that. Right, like yeah. you're off doing different stuff.
1: Yeah, they've had to. They've got those kind of games have had to get more varied as the years have gone. I just haven't played the genre much lately.
0: Yeah, um, it's that's cool. And you get to like you get to make your own little guy. Nice. Um and everyone's real weird, you know, everyone's a real freakazoid, lots of skulls.
1: And we had a we had a blast playing uh Deep Rock Galactic, so you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, we did. It's a lot like Deep Rock Galactic for sure. Um but yeah, so that's been good. Played Persona 4. That's been good. I also played a lot of Marvel Midnight Suns the past couple days.
1: Oh, OK. Give me give me give me like a light temp check on that, because obviously at some point I'm going to buy that. I don't know if I'll play that next week because I'm going to be on the road and I think I want to play it on my on my computer.
0: Yeah, it's but, OK. But so I'm one. Pro- yeah, let's go. One very different than what I thought it was going to be. Oh, interesting. Two. Still extremely fun, yeah. Um, three, uh, way more fire emblem than XCOM in a lot of ways.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so all I'm not using so what I expected to be was just like XCOM but Marvel, right? Like you're top down looking at the guys on the screen, yeah, moving them around. That is not how it works, it's a card based system, yeah, 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 no, we need that, but like it's not like you move, th- but each card also controls your movement mm-hmm. and like. Like you only get one free move per turn. Everything else is dictated by which cards you play and who you target and how they move around the map and stuff. So positioning is like a much different thing than what we what I was expecting. That's cool. It's cool. They um, into like a new type of new system. It's a cool new system. And it's cool because every character's deck is like different and specific. Yeah. So like you can do different team up mixes that make lead to like very like very different strategies, mm-hmm. um, which can be really fucking fun. Um that's why I still really super like it. It's the graphics are pretty bad. The story is very silly. Um, but it's still like it's silly in like a kind of fun, like almost like Chris Claremont. It's t- like 90s X-Men type of way. Mm-hmm. Everyone just has big feelings all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, like I've the- watched
1: a few of the cutscenes. It's trash. It's terrible. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like you. It, it's like watching like i don't know like one tree hill or something like that like it's just like you yeah. you, you have to love it
0: yeah it's due to it's due to butt stuff but it's due to what stuff in a pretty fun way um and then it is there's such a big there's two it's there's such a big focus way more than i expected on going around your little home base area and finding hidden collectibles and exploring stuff mm-hmm. and also on talking and spending time with your teammates and building up friendship stuff yeah um, those are like really essential components which makes sense when you think about it because you can't do the XCOM thing of just like recycling endless guys like they kind of have to be specific Marvel guys for the game to make sense yeah you have so to like invest you, in them yeah yeah, and it's, it's pretty fun like you get to do you know you get to you have a weird little hellhound dog who follows you around you get to explore and then you get to like go like play cards with Blade or like talk to Magic about her favorite record
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I've heard that like I've heard that like it. it's an insanely like almost 50% of the game is that and that's the problem is that like it's kind of a drag and you just want to get back to like playing the fun, the fun battles.
0: Right. That is the that is the big my biggest complaint is that I don't mind the uh, I don't mind the uh, the sort of you're stuck. Like I don't mind the, the, the you're hanging out with your guys sections per se like they're fun on their own. But they're so much bigger than they need to be, and the battling is so fun that I don't want to spend like fifteen minutes looking for reagents for Agatha Harkness. Right? Like I want to go fucking take my friends, fucking Spider Man and Captain America, and go beat the shit out of you know some Hydra guys.
1: Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's interesting because yeah, like, I definitely don't want to spend a lot of time like hanging out with like Miss Marvel, Um, but. I think that those parts I'm gonna probably think are so bad that I end up enjoying them. Like I'm just gonna love the cheese of it that it's like
0: That's how I that's how I felt about it.
1: Like it's gonna I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be like watching like an episode of like this is us or something. Just like weird, like NBC, like modern age like drama sitcom. Uh I, it's gonna be great. Um so yeah, I'm fully I'm fully into that.
0: Yeah. Um and it's been really fun. I've I've liked it a lot more than I like. I liked it. I like it kind of, I think, about as much as I expected I would, but in a very different way, I guess. Let's
1: talk t- technical performance, because I saw a lot of people say that uh, it stutters a lot during the gameplay.
0: Uh, PS4, no problems. Or PS5, rather, no problems. It's it's run totally smooth
1: in the PS5. Nice. PS5's a beast. Uh, yeah. PS5,
0: do that work, baby. I've
1: seen a lot of PC ports in this holiday season have a lot of issues, but then I've been, like, hearing, like, Oh, fine on the console. So interesting.
0: Yeah, it's been it's that's basically what it's been uh, for me. Well, speaking of PC and to sort of end
1: out our episode here, I've been playing a game called World of Warcraft because a recent new expansion came out. And I
0: watched Luis Pyre or Puez Puma, or whatever his name is, Piez Pumar on a Defector play up to level 70. Oh, really? Yeah, I watched his stream.
1: Oh, wow. So you're up to date on all the dragon drama.
0: Yeah, there's so much dragon drama. Yeah. I gotta admit, I wasn't paying attention to all of it, but <laughs> there was like a lot.
1: Um, yeah, so you're dragon pilled like me then. Um, folks, dragons are back. We're a returning to tra- tra- tradition. Dragons are cool again. They weren't on everyone's radar for a bit, uh, but they're tale as old as time. They're back in a big way. Um, this is a great game. Yeah.
0: I've heard, I, it seemed like he was having a great time.
1: Yeah, this is a this is a this is a refining of the modern era and a return to tradition in many ways. Um, but yeah, I'm just having a blast. I'm obviously going to talk more about this on future episodes. But just my my quick take right now is, um, it's just fun. They just they fo- they they took away all of the bullshit and essentially. Like their design philosophy for the last like five or six years has been like, how do we create all these different spinning plates and systems and mechanics for people to have to check in every single day and do? And it like all just feels a lot like homework. They, yeah. co- they got rid of all of that. There's like almost no extraneous like systems. It's just you, your character and this like incredible world of content to go out and explore and do. I'm enjoying the side quests as much as i have enjoying the main quests. Um, dragon riding is this incredible new flying thing where you have to like get, you get a dragon and it's a shitty dragon, so it can't fly very good. And you have to like find these flying runes out in the world and you collect enough of them over time to level your dragon up to where you can fly bigger and faster and do moves and spirals. And there's just like content. It's not bullshit systems and it just feels so much better.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is, that is, it's, it seems a lot better like watching him play it. It wasn't nearly so confusing as I expected it to be <laughs> like it felt very straightforward and like accessible, mm-hmm. um, which is not what I associate with World of Warcraft. But yeah, it's just it's it's
1: got a lot of focus right now on just being fun in the moment and exploration. Um, and I'm just like way more attached to the world because of that. Um, and it's interesting. That's like, I think sometimes like game designers can really overthink and like, they think about how to like trap players when it's like, if you give players good stuff, they'll trap themselves in it. (laughs) Like, you know, like you don't have to like build the cage. Like the gamers will lock themselves away on their own if there's enough, just good stuff. Yeah. You got
0: to give the gamers a little, like you give the gamers a little, they'll, they'll make up a lot.
1: Yeah. And like, right now I'm just like, I'm playing casually, but like right now I'm thinking about my, my dragon. I still have to get about 20 dragon runes and like find them out in the world. Just like, um, and they're all like platforming challenges because like, they're like in different weird little spaces and you have to, like fly your dragon to them. Um, I had this incredible uh, morning today where I spent an hour trying to get my shitty dragon to the top of this mountain because there's like a rune at the very top. And I think this rune is supposed to be a rune you only get once your dragon's like super leveled up, because it's like really hard to get to and you need like a lot of stamina levels. Um, sure. But I was like very determined. I was like, fuck it, no, we're getting it now. Um, and I spent like 30 minutes, like with my like shitty stamina bar, just like slowly flying up this peak. And I finally got to the top and I got it. and. It was just like such a satisfying gaming moment that really like meant nothing. It, it wasn't like a min max or like super good time investment. Um, but I was like at the top of this peak and it took me a long time and it was satisfying to get to the top. And it was the tallest part of the of the expansion, and you just jump and you fly down. And it was just like, yeah, boom, that's games, baby. I'm back.
0: That's I mean, except for games, dude. That's your rules. Like that's the fun. That's the fun of of those those open world things like that. Um, and I mean, like it seems like that's that World of Warcraft had become so mechanized like in terms of what you had to do and all of the scale of things that it kind of took that juice out of it. Mm-hmm. And like, there was some of that in final fantasy 14 when I was playing it with forest. Mm-hmm. Like it does, that does have some, like you get to go on the big adventure and like go off on your own and, and wander kind of stuff where it felt like that was kind of ground out of wow. in The name of like streamlining and systematization stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think now it's feel that this has felt from what I watched and talking to you about it, that like, there's a lot more. Um, individualism to the game now, which I think is a big thing. Like you wanna stand out and be a weirdo in amongst the world of Warcraft. Like you don't wanna just be a guy.
1: Yeah, but it also told a really clear narrative story in the main quest line that was like very simple, very clear and like not a lot of bullshit. And everything about the world is so sort of like fun to be in that, like, I'm watching all these YouTube videos about the lore of certain characters now that I just never would have given a shit about before. So they're, they're doing a lot of things right with this one. Um, and I know Blizzard has talked a lot about how changes that they want to make sometimes happen like two expansions away like they can't even like fully get to where they want in like one expansion um and then it like it takes a long time to like get out to like the next phase so like i think that we're on a trajectory now that's uh very good very good for the game um so i'm giving it two thumbs i'm giving it two thumbs up um and uh we'll be continuing to check in on the game <clears throat> uh, in the in the future. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we got to end the episode. But I've been playing Overwatch too. I've been playing Call of Duty. I spent eighty dollars on Call of Duty. We'll talk about it. there's a lot. We, we we it's there's a whole era, a whole new era of the show. We're
0: still we're still doing the show, and we're doing the show, but it's a new era where Griffin has the later time zone. He's East Coast. I'm Central. We're going wild. It's a new time. Yeah, this is the sound of someone going wild. <laughs> We're high energy. It's 7 slash 8 o'clock. No one's tired at all. Um, But we will see you guys next week. Uh, I wake up at like with-
1: 5.30 now, so this is like fucking midnight for me.
0: Yeah, and I am always exhausted. <laughs> um, that's sort of my thing. But yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week with more games, more boys. We will talk to you guys soon. <laughs>